thank you for that reading. And Jeff, thank you for those kind words. Um, God gets all the thanks and glory for the work, and it's, it's all of us working together. And um, just it's a privilege to be here. It's a joy to be here. And uh, the joy is the students and seeing the classes and hearing the laughter this morning when I was walking up for a meeting upstairs, and you must have said something really good, Dr. Chilcote, because it was good laughter that was occurring. I almost, I almost wanted to go in and sit in there. I saw it was John Wesley Theology, so it's good to know that there's joy in John Wesley's Theology. I always thought there was, and there was when I had time with you. Um, and I highly recommend that class, and you're in it, and I recommend it to the others to take that. Um, but it, it is a privilege to be here today and to pray. I would like to just pray before I speak, and then we'll get into this, this time. Jesus has already been prayed. We welcome you into this time. And I just want to say as the person who's, who's about to share um, God, not my words, but yours. Um, I pray, God, that you would connect each person with what you want to say to them today. Not by me, but by you. And help me to get out of the way. My humanness to not interfere with what you would like to say. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm in a reflective mood today. Most people who know me know that I'm a go, 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 go person. But in the last weeks, I've just kind of gone into a reflective mood. I don't know if it was the multiple hurricanes and watching um, people deal with that from Irma, but then Maria, which really impacted a majority of our staff and, and fac faculty and students with family members or strong ties or their church ties and just the burden that, that they've been carrying has put me into a reflective mood. And then just the other things that have happened, obviously what happened in Las Vegas, let alone what happened here in Orlando just a few short, a year or more ago, even in some ways a few months ago, when you look at the time of history, but then what happened in Las Vegas as well. Um, and then just the inundation of news with what has happened with, with what is happening in Los Angeles around Hollywood and all of that. Um, it's, it's just, it's hit me hard. And then just politics overall it's just it's it's wearing and it's put me into a reflective mood um, and also I think I've been looking at my life and just kind of like where I am in my journey right now um, and in the last couple of years I've been reading a lot of books about the question why and I know Dr. Russell he loves to talk about that and about why and why you do what you do and I've been just thinking a lot about that and then in my own journey spiritually I've been going through and I came across this the last couple of weeks this section of scripture and the call and the calling out and I think about my own life and the calling that God has placed on my life. And I was, I was thinking, and this kind of came to me, this may be dangerous, but I'll try this out. Um, this is not Alcoholics Anonymous, where you say I'm an addict, but we could say for all of us here today that we are called. I am called. And so this is a meeting of the called people, okay, if I could say it that way. And I'm here to declare today that I am called. And I want you to know, probably you could stand up and say the same thing, and we could do that whole meeting around here. But I won't do that to you, because that would be a cheap way of getting out of a sermon. <laughs> but when I'm in a reflective mood, and I like to hand it off to somebody else and say, I don't know if I really want to share this today. But I am called into this world and into this moment. And the same for you. One of the things I was seeing as I read this scripture, and I'm just going to kind of first reflect on my own journey and where you fit into it perfect is remembering your call remembering your call where were you 
when you were called by God? What were you doing? How did it become real to you? Was it a person? Was it a song? Was it something that happened? What was that moment when you knew you were being called out by God to do something for God, whether that was to be a counselor, to be a nonprofit leader, to be that person of God where you were working or as a minister of the gospel in a local church? What was it? What was that moment? My call was an unfolding. I ran away from it for a long time about seven years. I knew when I was 12 that I was called by God to serve God full time. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew that God had tapped me and said, Eric, I have something more for you. And I ran away from that. I was scared to death of that. And it was an unfolding. And it was a seven-year journey to even come to the place where I would stand and say, I am called. Okay? What about you? Have you remembered your call lately? Life can be so hard, and it can rush, and it can move, and it just gets lost. But remember today your calling. God has called you by name for a work. And that's why I love being at seminaries. I'm working with people who are called, who have a calling by God to do something for God. And I have that moment to walk beside them. What a gift. You have a gift today. You have been called. Remember it. Another thing that I think about is excitement came with that call. Excitement. It's been, it's going to age me, but it's been close to 30 years. But I had excitement, so much excitement about my calling. And I think about the disciples when they were called out. There must have been a little bit, if I can take liberty on this, a little bit of look at me. Jesus called me. Yeah, where are you guys? There's a little bit of that, but there's excitement with that too. I think about the moments I played sports when I made a team and I saw my name on that list and the rush that I felt and the honor that I felt and the blessing that I felt. And some of you felt it maybe through sports or through academics or through music. You've had those moments when you've been tapped and said, hey, you have it. We want you. And there's excitement with that. Remember that with your calling. Remember that excitement. Because I said before, in the world that we're in right now, it can wear you down. And it can tear you down. And in those moments, you can forget that excitement. And I want to encourage you today to be excited that the living God would tap you on your shoulders and say, I want you for something significant. And that significant could be that one person in that church that you sit beside and walk through a devastating journey or help them to see the call that they had on their life for them. Connect to the excitement of your call. I remember being with some Bible college students just a few months ago. And when you go into a Bible college, there is excitement in the air and there's an energy and it's different. There's a snap. And there's been times when I've forgotten that. There's been a long time since I've been at that school and felt the passion and the zeal that they have. I'll come to a few moments a little bit about that. 
But there's something good around being around that passion and zeal and that excitement and that energy. Connect to the excitement of your call. As I said, I'm in a reflective mood, so I can go more to the melancholy side of this. But I don't want to do that. I want to also have you connect to the excitement. Have you reconnected to that? Do you have that? I get it there's moments when it's tough. I get it there's moments when it can feel like a burden. But also reconnect with the moments when it was exciting when you have that passion and find that space to reconnect to that passion and that excitement of your calling. Another thing that I had I touched on a little bit was fear. There's fear connected to being called. There's fear. For me, it was what have I got myself into? Are you kidding me? I felt so inadequate. I can't be the one. See, for me, it's still always difficult. When I get up to speak publicly like this, if it's good at all, that's God. Because this is not me. Even for my friends 30 years ago that I went to high school with, if they saw me here today, they'd be like, what? He's up speaking publicly? That guy never said nothing. And if he did, he's turned so red and stuttered. Yikes. See, that's what I ran away from. Is I said, God, there's no way. Because if I'm going to be a pastor, i got to speak publicly. Like I can do all the other stuff like work, do kind of maintenance stuff because I'm a big guy. I can do all those things. I can go out and shake hands with people, one-on-one with people. But speaking? Mm-mm. No way. I had so much fear wrapped around that. And then also the authority that comes with that, people looking up to you as an example or as a way towards God. If that doesn't scare you, man. As I prayed earlier, one of my prayers all the time is, God, please don't block, please don't let me block other people to you. That scares me. As a dad, like when I got married, I was, I was good with, with being <laughs> with two adults. But when children were brought into the equation, that so scares me. Because all the time, I say, God, help me not to block their view of you. scares me and it gives me fear and that's the same when I look as being a leader and being in an administration there's moments when I sit back and I'm like God I have fears because I don't want to block other people from seeing the Jesus that you are leads me to the to the next one and you can go ahead and put the picture up now, I'm at the privilege of being at the, at the Abbey um, of Gethsemane near, near Wilmore, near the campus in Kentucky. It's about an hour, an hour and a half away. So this is a picture of the disciples falling asleep. Um, I'll let it speak to you in whatever way it needs to speak to you today. Um, but it was a reminder for me, and it goes to this point in my calling, is I'm not there yet. We've not arrived we're still and can be really raw. My first churches, I was really raw. Wow. I was way too uptight. In some ways, way too full of zeal. Way too opinionated. 
I still am opinionated, <laughs> way too strong in moments when I was asleep to what was really going on and what I needed to do. And I wasn't listening, and I wasn't with Jesus in the way that I needed to be. You can go to the second, second picture if that's the, there you go. Those pictures of the, of the disciples asleep really spoke to me this week in my calling. And I think sometimes I've taken it for granted. And if I could speak honestly with you, I think some moments maybe I have cheapened my call and not realize the sacredness of it. And if you've been called today by God, and I believe you have if you're here in seminary for whatever purpose that may be, because you're searching that out and you're in that journey, and I get it that we're not there yet, but sometimes we cheapen it, we discount it, we lower it. And we've been asleep. And it really spoke to me this week in my journey. It was a good time to be there because I was in a reflective spot. And to go there and to see this, it spoke to me. And I'm going to leave that up as I go to the next parts and where I'm more getting into a little bit of the scriptures in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, and the foundation of your call. Because I want you to know today you can have confidence in your call. How do I know that? Jesus prayed not only for the disciples, he prayed for you and is continuing to pray for you. Did you catch that? He went on all night. I don't think he was just praying about all other things. I think he was also praying about the moment when he was going to go back and had to call some people out for specific tasks or for a specific journey. And I'm pretty sure, I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure, it seems, I'll use my IBS language, it seems that Jesus may have been praying over who Jesus was going to be calling out to those specific tasks. I think Jesus, if I can say that, or it seems Jesus may have been praying for you and I as well, interceding for us, and knew the journey that we'd be on, and knew what we were going to be called to do. Remember today that Jesus is praying for you, and Jesus sought you, and Jesus is thinking of you. Let that sink in that the, that the living God sought you, and called you out. That's amazing. That's hard to grasp. But contemplate on that. Another aspect, and then you can look at this in Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. This is a tough thing to say when you're in seminary, but I'll say it. Jesus is the educator. Jesus is the educator. Walking with Jesus and engaging the world is going to educate you. Is really going to educate you. When you look at what happened after they were called out, then they went down into the crowds. They were watching, and Jesus was teaching through his actions and through, not only through his words. Jesus was the educator in that moment. Education is not only the classroom. It is amongst the people. It's about connecting with those outside these walls. It's great that you're learning. My education at Asbury, unbelievable, fantastic. But if it just stayed in these four walls, what a waste. What a waste. 
you have a gift of learning, and now I want to encourage you to go out and connect it with the people and see how it shapes you and see what happens and how God uses you and allow Jesus to walk with you and say, look at what's happening here. Jesus is the educator. The next one that I want you to think about is Jesus is with you. And this is the next pictures I want you to look at. This picture was powerful to me of Jesus praying and interceding. And you know the story of the crucifixion, so I won't get into all that and what that's depicting because I want to speak to you today and where you're at in your calling. But Jesus is with you. Jesus is interceding. This picture impacted me in so many ways. It almost felt like it was alive when I walked by it. And what was amazing, it had rained that day, um, about a couple hours before that. And most times, things dry really rapidly. But on the sleeves of this statue, there was little, little water drops dropping. And you all know the story. Jesus bled when he was praying. He prayed so hard, so significantly. And it, it, it just like, all of us that were there, it just like, it brought tears to our eyes. Because it was like, this is, this is almost like it's alive. And it impacted us. I want you to remember today that Jesus has experienced everything that you might ever experience. The joy of life, the betrayal, the hurt, the injustice, you name it, Jesus has experienced it. He has experienced it. Go ahead and flip through the next pictures. Go to the last picture. Hopefully you can see this. If you look really closely, who's in view of Jesus as Jesus is praying? Can you see that? The disciples. Most pictures I've ever seen of Jesus or in statues, it's been, they've had Jesus kind of rotated with his back to, the, to people. But this, what I loved about this is Jesus is praying to God, but he's also in view of the disciples and seeing them asleep, seeing what's happening, and speaking over them. That, to me, is powerful. It's a powerful image. And it's a powerful image of your call. Today, I want you to know that I want you to reconnect with your call, but also know that you're not alone. If you have fears, if you have concerns, if you feel inadequate, God will fill in the gaps. And he knows it anyways. It's okay. Know today that Jesus is praying for you. Know that Jesus is your educator and know that Jesus is with you in your calling. My encouragement to you today is if you're going to embrace mission, embrace your call. And remember this Jesus. It so impacted me.